Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's program, we will be discussing the third of a four-part series about the restoration of the family unit. We will be studying what the Bible teaches about childhood more about our subject after you've had some music.
gentle arms of Jesus warm my hunger to behold oh I want to know you more deep within my soul I want to know you Restoration of the Family Unit Part 3 Childhood We will discuss this subject tonight with answers from the Bible. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Tonight we'll be discussing these questions together. For what purpose is a child to be born? What qualities is the gospel to restore to a child? How is a child to relate to its parents at home? When does a child become an adult? And why is the fifth commandment important for a child? So before we have our study this evening, listeners, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for voice in the wilderness, internet radio, streaming live and the internet from London. Lord, as we study your word this evening, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us. Teach us and open our minds and hearts to your word of truth is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now for what purpose is a child to be born? We read in the book of Romans chapter 9 and verse 11. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. The first point that we need to establish tonight, listeners, is that the Bible teaches us that until a child is born, then a child has not either done good or evil. This clearly lets us know that good and evil is determined by a person's choice and actions. We see, therefore, that a person's character is not based upon the human body that they are born with. We read in the book of Psalms, chapter 51 and verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, 
and in sin did my mother conceive me. Many people misunderstand this Bible text. David's mother conceived and shaped him in her fallen, sinful flesh. This Bible text does not say that David was a sinner and was iniquitous as soon as he was conceived. This text is placed in Scripture to show us that after Adam's fall, children have inherited fallen, sinful human natures from their parents when they are formed in the womb. From birth, listeners, we all have passed unto us hereditary traits of evil, sinful flesh. But until we are born and make our own choices in life, as we read in the previous Bible texts, then we can neither do good or evil. Sin is a choice, not nature. This truth overturns all the lies in modern society and the various forms of discrimination whether based upon caste, colour, gender or social background, which claim that one race or nationality or sex is better than another. Every child born into this world is born into this world innocent and given a chance to understand God's purpose in accordance to his will and given a chance to decide for him or for herself to do good or to do evil. We read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We read in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All children that are born into this world are to be trained by their parents in the way that they should go. The way that children should go, the Bible explains, is found by following Jesus Christ the Lord, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Children, as well as adults, can only come unto God the Father by Jesus Christ the Son of God. Any religion or faith that does not teach this is actually denying children direct access to the God of heaven. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verses 9 to 10. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. We read in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We also read in the book of John chapter 6 and verses 53 and 60 and 63, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, Jesus said. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. 
The Bible explains that whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. God's children do not sin because God's seed remains in them. God's seed is his word. God's word lives and abides forever because it has life-giving power and is eternal. Jesus Christ, the creator of mankind, who is eternal, has made it plain that man is to live by his words. And so we can see that it is God's purpose for children that are born into this world to live by his word forever. This is what adults need to understand when they bring a child into this world and what children are to be taught to understand. They are to be taught to understand that they can only have the power to love and to do good and not to sin if they give their hearts to Jesus and submit their lives to receive the seed of his living word. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 4 and verses 8 to 9, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verses 11 to 13, And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that have the Son have life, and he that have not the Son of God have not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Mankind, male and female, whether child or adult, were created to live through the Son of God. It is through creation and also through redemption that God seeks to restore his purpose of love again towards us through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the central being of the universe. Now what qualities is the gospel to restore to a child? We read in the book of Luke chapter 2 and verses 40 and 42 and 52. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And this is Jesus, and when he was twelve years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favour with God and man. We read in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 21 and 26, and the Lord visited Hannah, so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Now listeners, this may come as a shock to some. But did you know that the Bible is mainly silent about the lives of children? There are only a few incidents in scriptural record that relate to the life of the child Jesus. There are only a few incidents in the Bible that relate to the lives of children in Israel in general. The life of Samuel as a child being one example. The reason for this, listeners, must now be explained. I will read from an article called Youth Instructor. There is an important lesson for parents and children to learn in the silence of the scriptures in reference to the childhood and youth of Christ. 
He was our example in all things. In the little notice given of his childhood and youthful life as an example for parents as well as children, that the more quiet and unnoticed the period of childhood and youth is passed, and the more natural and free from artificial excitement, the more safe will it be for the children and the more favourable for the formation of a character of purity, natural simplicity and true moral worth. That's the Youth Instructor, February the 1st, 1873, paragraph 8. And so here we see why the Bible has so few words to say about the lives of children. It is God's purpose that childhood and youth be a quiet and unnoticed period in a person's life, so that children and youth can live a more natural life, free from artificial excitement, and more favorably form a character of purity, natural simplicity, and true moral worth. Children in this age are being brought up much the opposite. They are showing off and wanting to be the centre of attention, are being treated as idols, and are being allowed to get involved in adults' conversations, when children should be taught to be quiet and only speak when they are spoken to. They should be taught to know their place when visitors are in the home and when they are out to the family visiting neighbours. They should especially be taught to be silent and respectful when they are in the place of worship. And so, to all the children listening, God wants you to learn your place as a child and to live a simple and happy life. Wait until you are an adult before you get involved in adult people's business. Until then, learn to be good and honest and to be helpful to your parents. We'll have a break for some music at this time. Lead me to the 
How is the child to relate to its parents at home? We read in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. We read in the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. The Bible teaches four fundamental stages in life. Preparation to receive Christ, preparation for ministry, preparation for a life partner, and preparation to bring a life into the world. Children grow up through the first two stages, preparation to receive Christ and preparation for ministry. For service. The Bible teaches children to obey their parents in the Lord and to honour their father and their mother. Here is where a child learns what it means to serve God by being obedient to their parents. Children are not to rebel against their parents' wishes as long as they are in accordance to God's will, nor to be rude to parents, talk back to them, or to be disrespectful in any way. What parents ask should be carried out lovingly and quickly and faithfully with a willing heart because parents have brought children into the world and have cared for the child and are called to be the caretakers of children in God's stead. Now listeners, some will ask, what about if children's parents are ungodly? What if children have been abandoned by their parents altogether? The Lord understands that there are many children who are orphans, whose parents either abandoned them or never took care of them, who may even be suffering from physical and sexual abuse in the home. This is why the Bible states to obey your parents in the Lord, not those who are not in the Lord, if they are asking you to do things that God does not approve. We read in the book of Exodus chapter 22, Verses 22 to 24. Ye shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If thou afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all unto me, I will surely hear their cry. And my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. We read in the book of Psalms, chapter 27 and verse 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. We read in the book of First Peter chapter 3 and verses 12 to 16. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that, whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ." We also read in the book of Psalms, chapter 10 and verses 13 to 14. Wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? 
he have said in his heart, Thou will not require it, thou hast seen it. For thou beholdest mischief and spite to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee, thou art the helper of the fatherless. Here the Bible lets both adults and children know that God will make them accountable for whatever wickedness they may do, especially to the fatherless and defenseless children. Being fatherless, I should say, does not only mean not having a physical human father, it also means having parents who do not act as fathers and mothers, as protectors in their role. God gives children a rule to follow if they are suffering abuse from wicked parents or guardians. If you suffer for righteousness' sake, for doing the will of God, and if you are doing all that you can to resist the evil that is happening to you, then happy are you, and you have a good conscience. If any child is suffering and is listening tonight, or to the recording of the radio broadcast, know that God sees and knows every act of evil that is done against you. It will not go unpunished. Hard that it is, be not afraid of the terror that you are confronted with. Trust in your Saviour Jesus Christ and cry out to him, as the Bible instructs, and he will deliver you. He has eternal power, and all the hosts of darkness cannot resist him who upholds all things by the word of his power. Do all that you can to find a responsible adult you can trust and let him or her know what is happening to you. The Lord will take matters from there. He will not leave you to be destroyed by the devil if you simply put your trust in him. And if it is impossible to find someone to talk to, you can talk to Jesus directly at any time by praying to him, children. Cry out to your Father in heaven. Have faith in his eternal power to save you and leave the matter in his hands. He will not leave you, child, nor forsake you. Listeners, I have dwelt upon child abuse a little longer this evening, as this is one of the main evils of spiritual Babylon. It is carried out under the guise of Christianity in many professed Christian churches, Roman Catholicism being the leading one. Many children have been abused by pedophile priests, corrupt pastors, laymen and elders. This causes many to give up the faith, become atheists, go into prostitution, turn to alcohol and to do other evil things. We who are called to give the free angels messages are to expose the powers of darkness and to expose the spiritual wickedness in high places. The wickedness of unfaithful leaders in religious bodies so that God's true children can be delivered from them. Now when does a child become an adult? We read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I fought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The Bible teaches that a child becomes an adult when they no longer think and speak and act like a child. They become an adult when they put away childish things. We read in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 15. 
and he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. The Bible teaches us that real adulthood is reached when the child is not tossed about with every wind of doctrine, but speaks the truth in love and grows up into Christ in all things. It is when the child matures in the knowledge and love of God. Thus adulthood is not just about age and physical maturity, but adulthood is really about maturing spiritually in Jesus Christ. We read in the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. We read in the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 80, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts to the day of his showing unto Israel. Here we read about the growth of Jesus Christ and John the Baptist from their childhood to their adulthood. Note, listeners, the growth of Jesus Christ in particular involved being strong in spirit, being filled with wisdom, and having the grace of God upon him. Both men neither married nor had children, and so being married and or having children does not constitute a person being an adult man or woman. When a child thinks and speaks and acts in accordance to God's will, when their minds and bodies have been matured by him through obedience to his word, at each stage of their growth, by his spirit, then they are truly an adult. Now why is the fifth commandment important for a child? We read in the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, Honour thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I would read from a book called Patriots and Prophets, a book which was written by a woman who was inspired by the Holy Ghost, which explains about the fifth commandment. Parents are entitled to a degree of love and respect which is due to no other person. God himself, who has placed upon them a responsibility for the souls committed to their charge, has ordained that during the earlier years of life, parents shall stand in the place of God to their children. And he who rejects this rightful authority of his parents is rejecting the authority of God. The fifth commandment requires children not only to yield respect, submission and obedience to their parents, but also to give them love and tenderness, to lighten their cares, to guard their reputation and to succor and comfort them in old age. It also enjoins respect for ministers and rulers and for all others to whom God has delegated authority. This, says the Apostle, is the first commandment with promise, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 2. The Israel, expecting soon to enter Canaan, 
it was a pledge to the obedient of long life in that good land, but it has a wider meaning, including all the Israel of God and promising eternal life upon the earth and it shall be freed from the curse of sin. That's Patriots and Prophets, page 308, M.G. White. And so, we see that obedience to the fifth commandment for children to love and respect their parents is a pledge that God will give children not only long life on this earth, but also eternal life in the earth made new, free from the curse of sin. And so, listening children, young and old, before you complain to God about problems in your life, or about sickness, or about any hindrances that are, you are continually meeting, how is it with you and your parents? Have you treated them with love and respect? The love and respect that is due to them? Have you respected their wishes as God would have you to? Or have you followed your own way and caused them hurt and brought shame upon your family by what you have done or by what you have said? You may prosper for a while, but if you do not repent and seek to lighten their cares and to guard their reputation and to help them and comfort them in their old age, then you will not only lose this life, but the life to come as well. We read the book of Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. This is to be not only the prayer, but the life practice of all children, young and old, if they want to enter the city of God and to meet their creator in peace face to face. Let us now listen to an excerpt from the late Pastor Walter Pearson from a sermon called Bad Boys. There's something about me that does not understand this new parenting method. I am not amused with the time-out kids. I go to grocery stores and they are pulling down cans. I sit on airplanes. In fact, my wife and I made a trip across the Atlantic and there was a child whose parents forgot he was there. And he leaned over a seat and looked at me and got engaged with whatever I looked like to him and thought he would yang 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 to me all the way across the Atlantic. I did the right thing. I touched his father. I said, sir, you know, and he said, what? I said, could you just take him over there with you? And he acted like he didn't understand that for the next hundred thousand miles it felt like that child was there. And what do you do? My belt understood. It almost came out of the loops. And while you are not parents yet, most of you, let me uh, beg of you, if you become a parent, please don't get all caught up in what your child does that's disobedient. You tell your child to do something and they say, no, I've been in some houses where children say some stuff that makes me wonder who's in charge here. And the parents think it's cute. They say, oh, did you hear what he said? Yes, I did. He told you to shut up, and he's still standing there. 
in days of yore. Uh, my mother was a wonderful lady, kind, courteous, uh, just godly. But there were things that my brother and I could say that would land us on the floor. Think of something that will let your children know who's in charge. Because if you don't, if what you want is to be the friend of your child, you know, just all be together and we're all just friends. If your children ever get the impression that you are all just friends, your life will be okay for a few years. But one day you will spend a lot of time at prisons and you'll spend a lot of money with lawyers. It's a wonderful thing when you have trained children, even though you've been imperfect, let them know that you are in charge. Eli, with all of his godliness, let his children find out that they were in control. And I don't care how pretty your kids are. Take it from me, they're testing you. Tiny little children, little babies with pacifiers in their mouths are checking to see if they can run the house. And the moment they discover that you can't hang, you've had it. They'll take charge. I I'm in the grocery store with children who select what they're going to buy. They've got a full grocery cart and the parent hasn't even made a choice yet. Something has gone wrong with this process. I do not believe in child abuse. I really don't. In fact, uh, let me read you the parallel of what some of these texts say that we used to use. Proverbs 13, 24 says, when you look at it in a parallel version, if you don't discipline your son, it shows you don't love him. If you love your child, you will patiently discipline him. Then Ephesians 6, 4 says, love your children as part of God's family. Don't mistreat them or anger them, and yet you got to do something. You cannot make the mistake of Eli. The boys checked him out, and they found out that uh, dad is weak. You know, So dad would say, are you going to go and do what I told you? Uh-uh. Not going to do it. But you know, let me tell you something. If you have not trained your children at home, don't do that stuff in public. You can't fake it in public. If you haven't made them obey in private, just leave them alone in public. Let them go. You'll be less embarrassed that way. Because if you come out and try to get all big and bad for once, you know, didn't I tell you what to do? And they'll say, yes, you told me, but I'm not going to do it. Then what are you going to do? And let me tell you something I want you to know about my God. God is about justice, but he is also about mercy. His mercy is just as fleet a foot as is his justice. His justice will not roll up into your territory without mercy coming beside it. God is more merciful than you can imagine. Everybody listening to me now can think of a time when you did something unthinkable. I'm not talking about the thing that you talk about when you go to prayer meeting. I would like to give my testimony, Pastor. I don't even want to hear that one again. Because you only tell the one where you look good. You don't tell the one that's real. You got a couple stories you won't even tell your mother.
You got a couple stories you certainly are not going to tell your husband or your wife because you don't look good in the story. You come out looking really bad. But God did not take your life as he should have. Instead, he spared your life to give you the opportunity to come back to him. And what I want to say to you in this moment where I hope you are thoughtful is this, that God chases bad boys. If God only went after good kids, who would he chase? If God only went after perfect people, who would he find if God only went after people who deserve to be saved? Who would it be? God is left to do what he has promised he would do. He has come through Christ to seek and to save the lost. And if your mind is open enough, let me tell you that you have not passed the point where he can reach you. In fact, if you would let this be your reality moment, God is willing to come where you are. He knows what you've done. Not only knows what you've done, but what you would have done if you had the opportunity. But he loves you enough to give you mercy enough to make a change in your life. Listeners, we'll have a break some music. We'll come up some closing thoughts.
for our closing thoughts this evening, here is what the Spirit of God declares what the child should aspire to. I'm going to read from the Signs of the Times, March the 6th, 1879, paragraph 4. We desire that the youth shall be able to say, We have become familiar with the Scriptures, and we see that it is of the highest importance that we be obedient to the truth of God found in His Word. We want the little children to understand the Bible and to grow up in the knowledge of the truth. And we as parents do not wish to be found among those who do not see the necessity of their children's understanding the Scriptures for themselves and who are therefore negligent and cause their children to be negligent. But we want to be in earnest in these matters and search the Scriptures and see that our children search them. Christ said, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. We shall become firm in the truth and the word of God, which testifies of him in whom all our hopes of everlasting life are centered. If you would know how to imitate the spotless life and character of Christ, obtain the knowledge of him as presented in the word of God. And so, dear children, God has given you life, not to spend hours day in and day out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, or YouTube, following the latest social media craze. God has not made you for your life to be wasted at the dance, on your mobile phones, taking selfies, chatting up boys or girls, sexting, or for you to do any other evil thing. He has given you life, rather, to learn a better way. Do not let the devil destroy you. Take the time daily to study and practice God's word. Then, and only then, can you understand your true purpose in life, find true love, and grow up in Jesus Christ the Lord to become loving and lovable adults. May the Lord richly bless you, children, with the power of his love. So, listeners, let us now pray to close the study this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, for your words of inspiration. And I pray for all the children who are listening tonight, especially who may even be listening together with their parents or listening adults. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would give their hearts to you and realize the high and holy purpose which they're called unto and how you're calling them to be witnessed for you in this wicked and untoward generation. I pray, Lord, that they would seek to educate themselves in your word to serve and to serve honestly and faithfully their parents and you as they continually grow and get older. I ask for your special blessing to be upon them, Lord, and that they will dare to be as Daniels, and stand up against the evil that they're facing day to day. I pray for the parents who are listening, Lord, that they will do all in their power to train their children lovingly 
and respectfully in the right way. Lord, and that together, as a family, they would stand as witnesses for you. These things I pray and ask humbly in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listeners, if you have any thoughts or if you have any questions or if you'd like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. You can send a text message to 07944062786. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section and find the title Bible Readings for the Home. Between chapters 166 to 172, you will find more information about the subject the restoration of the family unit. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in dash z that's t-h-e dash wilderness dot podcast page dot io forward slash. If you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio financially, then please send your donation through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. On next week's program, we'll have the final part of our four-part series where we'll discuss the whole family unit. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, listeners, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week it's not just knowing about the doctrine in the bible that is not what we stand for here streaming powerful biblically based messages live down the this congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. voice in the wilderness internet radio enlightening the world every week